Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? On the 21st of February 2021, American Airlines Flight 2292, heading from Cincinnati to Phoenix over New Mexico, encountered an unidentified object described as long and cylindrical. At a height of 37,000 feet, this object was not seen on radar. What could it possibly have been? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the New Mexico UFO. Hello listeners and welcome to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at the skies and all the strange and mysterious things that, that might come out of them. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. And uh, this week we're, well, we're, we're looking at quite a recent event. A uh, very recent speaking, event. Yeah, I think we? it was the most recent one we could find. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, um, actually, I, I get... So I've got people who email me events mm. that have happened around the world. So um, actually, I'm, I mean, just this week, I've had about four things sent to me uh, okay. about events around the world. So, oh, I mean, UFO events happen all the time. Do, and, and do they happen, are they a fairly sort of constant stream or do you get sort of flurries of activity and then it goes quiet for a bit and... Oh, good question. Um, well, that, that, that could be another show, couldn't it? They, it could. Do they come um, in fits and stuff? Is there a UFO <laughs> season? Yeah. Um, well, I know there's a, there is certainly a season for crop circles, but that mm. could be to do with the crops themselves. That could be the crop, yeah, that's, that's, that's um, the reason. Yeah, they seem, from what I've noticed, and this is without doing any analysis, just a more of a gut feeling, mm. yeah, they seem to be fairly consistent. Okay. Um, I mean, some weeks I'll get more than others, but there doesn't seem to be a... A pattern, mm. as it were. Um, that's a that's a really good. It's making me wonder now. That one. <laughs> <laughs> but as you say, with with crop circles, yeah, you can only get them when there's crops, can't you? Which will be summertime. Yes. And of course, just because I've I've not heard about a UFO event doesn't mean to say that it's not happened. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it, yeah, interesting one, but. Yes, this one uh, is a very recent one. Um, so just slightly back into the 21st of February of this year, 2021, mm. um, over the pond in New Mexico. Yeah, which is fairly much... I mean, New Mexico is a pretty busy place for UFOs, isn't it? That sort of southwest corner of the United States. There are quite a number, yes. It's... it's 
I don't know, would you call it a hot spot? Well, how, um, how far is it from Roswell? Uh, well, Roswell is in New Mexico. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that in of itself raises an interesting question. I mean, before we get into today's topic, you know, um, is it that you get more UFO sightings somewhere like New Mexico because you get more ufologists in that area because of its history mm. or is it just that you get a lot of ufo sightings around that area um which, which attracts ufologists who who go and go and yeah, see them. yeah so yeah. Chick- chicken and egg chicken and egg <laughs> also i mean if you if you look at the sky somewhere like new mexico compared to the skies over london they are big skies big clear skies and you can see a, a spectacular you know, starry night in a way that you would never see in a city like London due to all the pollution, well, air, light pollution and other kinds of pollution. You know, we don't have these big skies where you can you can see meteor showers on a regular basis, shooting stars. Mm. When, when do you ever see a shooting star in London? Most Londoners probably, yeah, never seen one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the light pollution. Um, mm. in in... Britain in general is pretty appalling. We're, we're a small, um, crowded country. We are indeed. Um, but, but, yeah, but a very so, well, a very well lit country. We have to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it always, well, that's it. I mean, it always strikes me watching an old movie or TV program from, from even from the nineteen eighties or nineteen nineties, how much darker the streets were then compared to now. How much more the street lights illuminate now how much more shop windows will be just constantly lit all night we, we don't mm. have dark streets anymore that we had 30 40 years ago no that's that's very true um i think the nature of how people live their lives has changed quite a bit since then as well mm. um you know people tend to go out more at night you know it used to be like you know six o'clock all the shops would shut mm. Everyone would just go in, and the only people out after dark were people were ne'er do wells, yeah, um, <laughs> and, 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 and roustabouts, and uh, yeah, yeah. cut Whereas purses, now, course, and uh, ladies you, of the you night. You can go to Tesco at you know midnight, yeah, <laughs> you know, which in the eighties, of course, that was never a thing. But I, th- I think there was at some point when someone decided that even when the shop is closed, we need to keep the shop window lit so that people can see what we're selling, even even when uh, we're not open. I think that and for security reasons as well. Was it for that? I, th- I thought, yeah. I, I always thought it was for security reasons. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just to do with because um, a, a shutter would be a better, a better, um, a more secure option. I would have thought. Although once well, someone's yeah. behind the shutter, they can do what they like. Yes, but you're Thanks. less likely... Well, it's cheaper than a shutter, for one thing, um, but you're less likely to break into somewhere that's well-lit mm. and highly visible um, than you are somewhere that's dark and furtive. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I was also told once... Uh, I, I realise we're digressing, talking about the skies. <laughs> yeah, uh, as we do. But I was also told once, in a large office block, for instance... And because the way strip lighting works and the amount of power it uses to st- to turn the light on, it's it uses less energy to just leave them on all the time rather than turn them on and off. 
yes, the old starters that you used to get in LED strip. Mm. I, I think I think the technology has moved on a bit yeah, since then. But, um, but yeah, I I remember that quite well mm. as well um but like you say we we've we have digressed a little we have bit. Uh, quite uh, a lot i yeah. mean we haven't even said the details of this incident yet yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and yeah the, what, this incident that happened in the middle of the day in broad daylight anyway so this is it um so yes an american airlines flight uh flight 2292 from mm-hmm. Cincinnati to Phoenix, um, reports over the radio a UFO, and and this is this has actually gained quite a lot of traction and a lot of notice in the media. Mm. Well, this particular case, yeah, or did I mean, at the time anyway. It, it wasn't so much they, they they radioed in and said we've seen a UFO. They radioed in and said, oh, "Do you have any targets up here? We've we've just had something go right over the top of us." Yes. Um, um, Uh, um, they described a cylindrical object mm. um, which I mean one of them did say a bit like a cruise missile but I think for various reasons it would be fairly easy to rule out something like that well I think um, um, that, uh, my understanding of a cruise missile is that it's it's a, a missile that, that's um, programmed to fly low and and use the natural cover of the landscape. It will fly sort of over hills and then down the other side, and you know, using natural. It's not flying through open skies. It makes it. You know, it's it's onboard computers can can map the landscape and and keep close to the. Yeah, you know, like a low flying aircraft, yes. it's harder to hit. Um, About fifty foot, it, it can go at, at, some, at some, speed. If it's over water, it's even lower. It's like you know, maybe a couple of meters. Hmm. When so, it's over water. So, so I think what, what made it look like a cruise missile was the fact that it was going, it appeared to be going horizontally rather than vertically. A normal missile, other kinds of missiles go up and over and down, don't they? Whereas a cruise missile does fly like a like an aircraft. Yes. Like a drone. Um, it's a drone, isn't it? It really is. Absolutely. And, and to be fair, so cruise missiles, so I've, I've done a little bit of research, they can fly at height, um, and in fact for approaching their target they would fly at variable heights, they'd go at height hmm. for speed to go sort of a long distance, and then as they're approaching their target they will hug the ground. Well, they can um, also be air launched, can't they? They can be launched from a high-flying bomber. They can, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, but this this was at a height. Um, so it, it, so for, for listeners who are more familiar with uh, the geography of New Mexico, this happened just west of Clayton. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's in the north... Is it the northwest corner of New Mexico, I believe? Uh, um, northeast corner. Northeast, northeast so, corner, So they're, they're flying from... Um, Cincinnati from from the northeast flying down, so the, you know, New Mexico is a big place. They're still at thirty seven thousand feet cruising speed. Yes, um, they are not 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 ready to begin their approach to Phoenix. And there is, so I'm, I'm kind of I'm heading off all your various arguments. <laughs> I, I imagined you putting forward <laughs> on this one. Um, there is a missile testing site. Uh, not not too far away, mm. um, White Sands. 
but I say not too far away, it's actually 400 miles away. Now, to us, that is a ridiculous distance. Obviously, um, you know, across New Mexico, is still in New Mexico, hmm. but um, yeah, 400 miles away, the chance of there being sort of traffic from there is very, very minimal. Um, I, I don't know, I mean, if you're testing missiles, they, they go a long way, don't they? <laughs> you know, that's, oh, you need to have a lot of space. So, especially if you, yeah, you're sending a bomber up and it's going to air launch a missile, yeah, you need an awful lot of room to do that. Oh, definitely. And White Sands itself is is a big, big area. Mm. Um, and yeah, in terms of range, yes, it's not beyond mm. belief, but, but they don't go outside white i mean that's what white sands is for is, mm. is for testing these things so you know it's a it's a no-fly zone because can you imagine if a civilian um plane got hit by one of their missiles whilst yeah. testing it that would be pretty uh pretty disastrous yeah but you know the u.s military do have form for accidentally shooting down airliners don't they <laughs> well um they've done it before and you know i i know that um yeah they, they, they yeah they would they, they wouldn't be launching missiles where they were likely to hit civilian aircraft but things go wrong don't they especially when you're testing new things they can uh potentially um but do you know what I'm? What absolutely convinces me this was not a cruise missile or, or anything similar. It didn't show up on radar. Yeah, um, so because um, <laughs> they they phoned into um, ground control, <laughs> Major Tom. No, they 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 phoned in, didn't they, to air traffic control, who said, "Well, we can't see anything up there." Exactly. Now, the reason why a cruise missile hugs the ground the way you described mm. is to avoid radar. Mm. They're not stealth. Um, they're not stealth vehicles. Cruise missiles. They're not stealth, but yeah, they're, they're low flying and they're relatively small as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we've got this cylindrical object um, that passes by them close enough for the pilot and co-pilot to, to physically see hmm. um, it doesn't appear on radar it, it gives them a flyby I mean this is this is hard to comprehend what this might actually be yeah um, but apparently this is something that happens fairly regularly it does. It does. In, this in particular part of the one world. caught the media's attention. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's not an uncommon thing to happen. Mm. Absolutely. But when you when you read this story, um, so I'm intrigued. What what was your gut feeling that this might be? Um, gut feeling. That, oh well, that's one of those things that we can't explain I mean obviously yeah, my, my first thought is yeah is it was it the military is there just stuff that pilots see in the sky that um did they get they get confused they they mistake aerial natural area phenomenal aerial phenomena for um for aircraft 
Um, well, a cylindrical object doing a flyback doesn't sound like an aerial phenomenon to me. No, but if it really was, it was just something that looked like a cylindrical object going going very fast, um, flying over them. Um, presumably, it wasn't leaving a jet trail. There was no mention of one, but uh, lack of a mention doesn't preclude it. No, but I mean, people have spotted UFOs, and you know, UFOs don't tend to leave jet trails, do they? Or they tend to just whoosh around by some kind of unknown power source that that doesn't yes. pollute or leave any uh, trace behind. We certainly don't hear of any jet trails. Well, most jet trails are not um, exhaust fumes or anything like that, are they? They're actually condensation. Hmm. They're vapour trails. Yeah, vapour trails, what, yeah. What a lot of the nutcases in society think are chemtrails. Hmm. Um, we, we, we might have just lost half our listeners <laughs> by me saying that but uh, I don't apologise mm. for it um, the idea that the population is being controlled by chemicals yeah. and of delivered course, by planes is ridiculous yeah right? of course um, I mean the Pentagon stir things up by saying you know, with all their, we can neither confirm nor deny you know, we, we, don't, we don't comment on that kind of thing or, or whatever which, which just fuels the fires of, of conspiracy and it it can do. Um, now, there's an interesting element to this particular case with the FBI, um, who, when asked about this, um, did come out and say, oh, yeah, well, of course, we, we, we neither confirm nor deny this sort of thing. Um, but they did confirm that they were investigating it. Mm. Um, sort of all, almost in an offhand way. Now that says to me that they're taking it quite seriously. That it must be something that they don't know what it is. I mean, for them to do an investigation means they don't have an answer. Mm. And there's also you know, something historical that in, in 2017, the Pentagon acknowledged the existence of a, sounds rather cheap this, a $22 million Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. That sounds like your air defences, doesn't it? <laughs> you're you're going to... And, and that sounds like you're doing it on the cheap. But it had investigated reports of what, what they prefer to call unexplained aerial phenomena. Yes, um, UAPs. But it only did that from, from 2007, like the dying days of the, the Clinton administration, till it was shut down in... Sorry, the Bush administration, wasn't it? Yeah, the Bush, yeah, the Bush administration, till it was shut down in 2012 by the Obama administration. The trouble is, you look back historically, um, there are there is so much. I won't say evidence, but we'll call it circumstantial evidence hmm. of various groups and programs and departments um, looking into UFOs, protecting the secrets of UFOs. You know, you go back to Project Blue Book, Majestic 12. Mm. Um, you know, historically, there, there has always been something. So the fact that they've said, yeah, we've got a department looking into it, the, the, the bit that I find credulous, or incredulous rather, mm. I, I find the idea that there is a department credulous, what I find incredulous is that it was disbanded. 
I think, no, they went underground. Maybe. <laughs> just carried on. <laughs> but uh, uh, American national security or even sort of, um, crime prevention is notoriously bureaucratic with, with all these different organisations all competing with each other. I mean, you watch you watch any thriller, any movie or, or TV series. Uh, oh, the, the sheriff's department is investigating. Oh no, the the, the city cops yeah. are taking over. Oh no, this is this is an FBI matter. Oh no, this is the the DI the DEA is stepping in. Oh well, no, this is this is the CIA's department. And, uh, you know, no, this is NSA. It, it just goes on and on and on. You know, they're always just tripping over each other and and sort of squaring up to each other it, it wouldn't be a cop story or a, a national security story without some kind of standoff between at least two different um agencies either intelligence or security agencies whose jurisdiction is this yeah, yeah. whose jurisdiction Absolutely. and it's you know it's a, well they they call it the swinging dicks or whatever it, it, it gets very <laughs> macho doesn't it even 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 women senior women will talk about who's got the biggest dick yeah Pissing um, contest. A pissing contest, yeah. That's <laughs> um, but yeah, so the FBI um, are investigating. Yeah, I mean, one one other possible explanation that, that I managed to sort of find out there um, was mm. that there was uh, a Learjet um, in the vicinity of them at some point. But the trouble hmm. is, it was at uh, this was flying at uh, eighty-two thousand feet. The Learjet, so it's five thousand feet. It is very high, um, but that's uh, that's really high. That's twice as high as an airline. Eighty thousand feet. Yeah, eighty-two. Oh, eighty-two thousand feet. Yeah, I didn't think they went that high. Well, it's only five thousand feet higher than the. Uh, the Airbus. No, the Airbus was at 37,000 feet. 82,000 feet. Do you know what? I can't read my own handwriting here. 42,000 feet. Yes, I knew it was oh, 42,000 feet. Higher. Okay. Yeah. 42,000 feet. That's me not reading my own yeah. writing. Um, <laughs> and also not knowing how big a foot is. Mm. But that's a man thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, sorry, my bad. 42,000 mm. feet. Um, mm. So at 5,000 feet away, you're not going to say, oh, look, here's this cylindrical object doing a flyby. I mean, I know Lear jets are not small, but, mm. you know, still. Yeah, you wouldn't have it's mistaken. like that. a speck. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have. And it would have been on the radar. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. So I think we can rule that one out as well. Unless, um, unless you know, you're clutching at straws here, someone in air traffic control had screwed up um, such that, that two planes almost collided. So when one pilot says, is there someone else up here with us? Um, no, no, <laughs> nothing on my radar. I'm sure that happens. Mm. Um, but... Again, I mean, you know, that particular flight was tracked. Of course, mm. um, as civilians, we can track all flights globally from our phones now. And we can track them mm. in real time with certain apps. Um, so, yeah, it's. I, I think it's easy enough to rule out, uh, rule out the Learjet. Especially so I recently, it, yeah. Yeah, it must be pretty terrifying for a pilot to have this happen as well. Uh, I suppose it depends how close it is, because, I mean, 
if you within if you come within a couple of miles of another aircraft at that sort of speed and altitude, that's regarded as a near miss, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you can, you know. Yeah. Because it probably is a few seconds away from a collision. Well, that's it. When you're travelling at what is it? Travel at like six hundred miles an hour. Mm, speed of sound, silly sort much. of speeds. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably not that much then. Maybe four hundred, five hundred. But yeah, a couple of seconds, and that you've covered that distance. Yeah. Um, so, but even then, to have something that you can't instantly identify or explain. Hmm. Um, yeah, that must. Uh, I mean, I, I can imagine during the Cold War. I mean, I, I know that we, we talked in an earlier episode about Kennedy's, President Kennedy's concerns mm. that um, UFOs over over the Soviet Union would be mistaken for hostile, for uh, American aircraft carrying out hostile missions of the Soviet, and could provoke a response, um, even though he knew there were UFO, he, the, he'd had UFO reports over the United States and wasn't concerned that they were they were Soviet. I mean, I suppose America has always regarded it as the technologically superior, that they're far more likely to have something inexplicable in the skies over the over the Soviet Union than vice versa. But, you know, it's... Uh, well, funnily enough, I, on that very subject, um, I had a, a, a message earlier from one of our listeners, Ed, Hmm. Um, he was actually talking about when we when we were talking about Area Fifty Two, hmm. uh, and we were talking about space shuttles. And he's he now Ed is very very knowledgeable about military and sort of quite minutia hmm. of, of such things. Um, and he said that the space shuttle is indeed a human piloted glider, hmm. uh, which is pretty much what we'd said at the time. Um, but the Soviet copy Buran was mm. fully automated and able to re-enter and land on a runway under its own guidance. So where we were talking about large remote space originating gliders, mm. um, unmanned ones, uh, very possible circa 1989. So actually, coming back to what you were saying mm. there then, actually the Soviets were probably in advance of us at the time. Well, I mean, during, technologically. The, Cold War, yeah, during the Cold War, the USA and the, and the Soviet Union were, were leapfrogging each other. I mean, the Americans were very surprised to go to Korea with their with their turbo turbo prop planes, you know, their, their Corsairs and whatever, and and suddenly start getting shot out of the sky by Russian MiGs, mm. <laughs> who yes. for a while had had air superiority. Yes. Mm. So you know, it, it's happened before. Well, um, something else that's happened before on every single episode we've done. Is we've hit that time mm -hmm. where we summarise what we think. So, 21st February in New Mexico, flight 2292. Did they see an otherworldly craft, Neil? Or was it something more terrestrial that just hasn't been identified? Um, yeah, it's certainly something inexplicable. It's something that didn't show up on the radar or wasn't admitted to having shown up on the radar. Um yeah, I, I don't think there's enough evidence that this has come from another dimension or from another planet beyond our beyond our solar system. I'd be inclined to agree, were it not for the fact that these these two pilots, 
because um, you know, mm. let's not forget it's just not just one person's opinion there's two of them there mm. couldn't readily identify it yeah um, I mean they're go- you know even the most advanced futuristic looking airplanes still look like airplanes um, mm. that coupled with it um, be not appearing on radar and it being New Mexico, which, as you rightly say, is a UAP or, or UFO, if you prefer, hotspot. No, I think they've had a close encounter. I think this is just one that's made it through all the media blackout that the government puts on these things to uh, to go into the public domain. I think it happens far mm. more frequently than we're made aware of. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm... I, I think this is a U, and, and I'm going to start using this phrase UAP because I think it's far more accurate hmm. than UFO. Um, but yeah, I think it's a UAP. It's saying exactly the same thing. It is, you know, we're in the military. We're the military. We don't want to say UFO. It sounds a bit. Uh, sounds a bit. It's, uh, it, it's not because sci-fi. with a UFO you're specifying that it is an object that is flying. Hmm. Now it could be an object that is falling. It could just be gliding, or it could be. I suppose it could, it, be, could, it could be something made up of gases. It's a, it's a unexplained yeah, it, aerial it phenomenon. That the stationary lights in the sky. Yeah. So UFO is a bit too kind of specific. It's a bit too narrow a definition. Mm. Um, UAP is yeah. That, that's yeah. I'll go say, with that. It's, yeah. it's more accurate. I feel. Um, and also, there's so many connotations to UFO. It, it's come to mean something else. You say mm. UFO to someone, the instant image in their mind is flying saucer. Yeah, with little green well, men in it. Yeah, exactly. Which is or no, that's an man, alien spaceship. That, which yes. is get which is <laughs> if we know yeah. what it is, that's an identified flying object. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so UFO has become very problematic. Mm. So yeah, so UAP. Um, but there we go. What do you think, listeners? Um, was the close encounter in New Mexico just simply a terrestrial event that happens all the time, or was it something more otherworldly? Do let us know by the usual means. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, by searching Aliens Explored, or, of course, visit us here at aliensexplored.com. And if you can take the time to leave us a bit of a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, it's much appreciated, and it helps other people to find this podcast as well, and then we can join in a wider debate which is what we're all about, isn't it, Neil? Absolutely, yeah. Give us the right feedback, and who knows? Maybe we might do a whole program on it. Yeah, You've got your own, your own experience to share. With your permission, of course. Mm. Um, now, next week, I'm going to hand over to Neil to tell us what we're doing next week, because this was all your idea, wasn't it, Neil? Oh, sort of. Yeah, so <laughs> next week, we will be um, asking the question whether UFO abductions are simply caused by some kind of sleep disorder, uh, a perception of having been abducted because of... Well, we'll go into that next week. Yes, (laughs) that's a a bold statement to make on a podcast where we're going to get a lot of people listening who may feel they've had such experiences. Absolutely, Um, yeah. But yeah, but we will be debating 
that one and uh, going into some depth on it. I'm looking forward to that, right? Me too. Yeah, uh, so don't miss that one. In the meantime, keep watching those radar scopes and the skies. Take care for now. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.